catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Tuesday morning. I'm Jack Prater, and this is The Point from WUFT News. The upcycled furniture trend has made its way through Florida's biggest cities, from Tampa to Jacksonville, and now it's finally in Newberry. Hardwood and Honey, which opened last year, is filling more orders than they can handle. Though it started as a hobby, the owners have made a full-time commitment to supplying the town with refurbished furniture. I sat down with WUFT's Ashley Weinstein to talk about her Q&A with the owners. Two Fridays ago, I went to an event in Newberry. It was a sip and shop event for Hardwood and Honey. Uh, it's a furniture store where they refurbish and upcycle furniture along with, uh, they have other vendors as well that sell different types of soap. They have some other furniture vendors, some home decor vendors. And this couple opened this store Primarily, it was online, and they would go to markets and sell back during COVID, start, when COVID started. Uh, but over the last two years, through taking breaks of the store and then coming back full force in July, they decided to open their own storefront. And it's been open for a shade over 30 months, and they were just kind of celebrating that and wanted to have a little event to sell some furniture, invite people in. There was food and drinks, and that was what my initial story was about. Then my editor and I went back and decided that it would serve the community better as more of a Q&A. A lot of people don't know what upcycling furniture is or that sort of trend that's kind of gone in and out for a while now. But that trend's kind of fooled back and forth. Like that trend is back full force, I would say, because for the first time ever, upcycling isn't really about the environment, even though obviously it serves a purpose uh, for like an environmentally friendly reason, but it's not trending to be sustainable and it's not trending to follow like a cookie cutter shape. And what got them into the upcycling furniture business? I talked primarily with Christina Zebley, uh, the wife. She does co-own the, uh, the store with her husband. But she does most of, she has more of the creative aspect of the store and it's her style and aesthetic and he, you know, helps her with, with her vision. But she, during COVID actually, ironically, she said starting it during 2020 had nothing to do with COVID, but her husband travels a lot for work and she's a nurse. And so she has a lot of time home with her three children and she was honestly just bored. She said she felt like she mastered being a mother to her three children. And they had some extra cabinets from, I believe it was a, I believe it was a kitchen remodel. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on the kitchen remodel, but they had some sort of remodel. They had some extra cabinets. And she was like, I'm going to build my husband like a grill with like cabinets, like a whole like outdoor grill scene. And their friends loved it. And she was like, you know what, I'm going to take a side table and see if I could sell it. And then she sold it. Uh, But the piece that I actually didn't mention in the story, but the piece that really had Hardwood and Honey blow up was a dining set that she made for someone. It was one of the first requests she had for a custom piece. And that dining set, she said, is, is what really took off Hardwood and Honey. Is there anything else you wanted to add that's important to this story? Yeah, so... I think it's really cool that this was their first month opened where it was both of their full-time jobs. Like her husband now, both of their full-time jobs are hardwood and honey. 
And not only were they able to pay like all of their bills this month and be successful, but they've decided that starting next month, they are opening like a giving card program where they're going to be giving gift cards up of gas for gas, groceries to local families in need. And I just think that's like really awesome because not only are they just getting their foot in the door of opening their own business, but they're immediately wanting to help the community, which I just think it shows who they are as people and why they've been able to be successful and have a really strong customer base. That was WUFT's Ashley Weinstein on her latest story about an upcycled furniture store in Newberry. Now, let's get into some other top headlines. NPR reports voting rights groups are suing Florida over congressional maps that eliminate two black voting districts. The maps were submitted by Governor Ron DeSantis and passed last week by the legislature. DeSantis, who vetoed congressional maps drawn by Republican lawmakers earlier this year, called legislators back into a special session to redraw districts. And under this new map, Republicans are likely to win 20 of the state's now 28 congressional districts. Florida's constitution says that lawmakers can't adopt maps that diminish the voting strength of minorities, which cleared the path for a lawsuit filed by voting rights groups against the state. The legislature has put aside $1 million for the lawsuit, which could ultimately wind up in the Supreme Court. WMFE reports the father of a teen who fell to his death from the Orlando Freefall Drop Tower at Icon Park has filed a wrongful death lawsuit in Orange County Circuit Court. The lawsuit alleges that while most drop towers include both a shoulder harness and seatbelt, this one only had a shoulder harness to secure riders. It says a seatbelt would have cost $22 a seat. All the seats combined would have cost $660. 14-year-old Tyree Sampson was more than 6 feet tall and weighed 380 pounds when he came loose from the ride and fell to his death on March 24th. The lawsuit accuses the defendants of negligence. The teen's father is seeking a jury trial and damages in an amount that is unspecified. Other than that, the amount is more than $30,000. WFSU reports Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday signed into law a measure that would create an elections investigations unit within the Florida Department of State. The office will handle cases of suspected voter fraud. You can sit there and say no ballot harvesting, voter ID, all these things clean the voter rolls, uh, but how do you know that that's going to be enforceable? DeSantis says he expects the new office will make it easier for the state to stop elections crimes. Democratic lawmakers say it's unnecessary and furthers the myth of widespread voter fraud in the 2020 elections. Republican lawmakers have prioritized tightening election security since President Donald Trump lost the presidency. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jack Prater, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Tuesday.